Hello, everybody. It's the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. Through the magic of technology, I'm not even in Mendocino County, but I'm still hosting this show. Special thanks to Eddie for running the board for us today. Before we jump into the show, which is going to be super interesting, a little different than um, sort of normal, just straight up farm and garden, I think you're going to like it. I want to give a shout out to Kevin Owens, who, if you are in the know, he is a local sheepdog guy. I had him on the show a couple months ago. He gave me a call, and I'm, I regret to say I have not called Kevin back because it's just been one of those weeks, but he wanted to let me know, to let all of you know, that the Mendocino County Fair Sheepdog Elim- Elimination Trials are this um, Saturday, August 20th at 9 a.m. at the fairgrounds in Boonville. I'm assuming if Kevin left me a voicemail, that means it's open to the public. So if you can't get enough sheepdog trialing, um go check it out check out the elimination trials this saturday the 20th 9 a.m at the fairgrounds in boonville if anyone has more information about that feel free to call into the show later um and if i'm totally wrong if it's not open to the public please let me know that as well okay on to the show my guests today are marissa ward and joshua sternberg of the Prentice of the Prison Monastery, an initiative of the Unconditional Freedom Project. Maybe you've heard of it. If you haven't, their mission states that, quote, we restore dignity to the canceled members of society, the marginalized, the cast out, the prison residents, and the wild ones. Our programs provide the reflection, nourishment, and tools necessary to restore human dignity. Once reclaimed, we believe people naturally find the desire to contribute their unique gifts to society. Love that mission, and end quote. I'm, I added love that mission. It ended before that. <laughs> uh, the prison monastery is considered the most radical concept um, that the Unconditional Freedom Project stewards. Their goal is to restore the penitentiary to its roots, um, a place to contemplate and meaningfully contribute to society while incarcerated, in the process, transforming shame into contribution. Wow. Welcome. After that very long introduction, Marissa and Joshua, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. It's great to be here. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah, Joshua, let's jump in with you. You are the Garden and Botanical Sanctuary manager and educator at Mendocino County Jail. So I guess we should make it clear to listeners, this is a program operating right here in Mendocino County, which is why I have you wonderful people on the show today. This is right in our backyard. Um, Can you, I know Joshua, this is a pretty new role for you. So can you talk a little bit about your background in farming and gardening and how you ended up at the prison monastery? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, my personal background is in agriculture. Um, I started off with like a master gardener uh, certification and took a OSU program called Agripreneurs. And I got into a small scale intensive uh, farming and market gardening. And uh, I uh, started and then co-owned and operated uh, a farm here in Mendocino County for the last seven years called the New Agrarian Collective. And uh, we operated out of Ridgewood Ranch and uh, served um, all of Inland Mendocino's farmers markets, restaurants, and uh, did wholesale uh, wholesale sales through the food hub as well. And I also was an instructor uh, 
and uh, initially a student at what used to be called the um, Grange Farm School that became the School of Adaptive Agriculture. So I've been in the county for a bit and uh, I've been uh, playing in the soil for the last 10 years here. And how, how long have you been um, in your current position? Uh, eight or nine weeks. So you are a baby. I am a baby, yes. You're brand new. Cool. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about what you do there. Um, I want to give Marissa um, a chance to talk about her role. Marissa, can you tell us about your own background, um, if you have any, with farming and gardening, and also how long you have been the program manager there at the prison monastery? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background is quite different. I actually grew up in New York City um, in a suburb in Queens, not a ton of farming background. <laughs> um, and I uh, relocated out west for a uh, job opportunity and really wanted to live in nature with more space. I went to school to college in upstate New York. So I, I really got my first taste of nature with that and an appreciation for it. So when I made the decision to move out west, um, Mendocino was a perfect place for more spaciousness, more nature, um, as well as job a job opportunity. And my background, actually, when I went to college, I studied journalism and women's studies. So I had a lot of background in uh, feminist theory and uh, different methods for activism and really how to improve the systems of our world and the systems that most deeply impact marginalized populations. So when I graduated college, I applied to countless nonprofits and it was a very saturated market. Uh, and I did not end up working for a nonprofit right away. I actually went into the corporate world. Um, and when an opportunity circled back for nonprofit work and this prison monastery program and work with unconditional freedom, turning home in a way. So it was a really beautiful way to come full circle back to my passions. I love that you came from, from New York to Mendocino County. That's quite a shift. What, what yes. would you say is the biggest difference? Um, I would say... <laughs> There are many differences, but the biggest difference is really how quiet things are and how far away everything is. That took some adjusting. But other than that, it's been a very welcome change. of. Well, I'm happy that you are here. Can you give us just a little background? Like, when was the prison monastery founded and what was the motivation? What are its primary goals? Because I honestly don't know that much about the program, and I'm assuming folks listening don't either. Absolutely. So it was founded uh, early in 2020, really not long ago. Um, it came through uh, times with the pandemic, oddly enough, and we officially launched in a first our first facility in November of 2020 at Central California Women's Facility, which oh, is the wow. largest women's facility in the country. Yeah. Um, and really, we were motivated by the experience of living through the pandemic, which we found was a great time for reflection and contemplation across the globe, really. And out of that also grew a desire for connection and contribution. So there were a group of us who prior to COVID were doing sit down meals for the homeless and unhoused, mainly in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Um, but other places as well, though that was where we were right before COVID hit. And 
obviously we had to put that on pause as the world had to put everything on pause. But the same group of us got together and looked for what are ways we can contribute at a moment where the world could really use some good and some support. Um, so this initiative to start sewing masks, because we were kept reading articles that there were a lot of places and protective equipment and and a lot of the articles we read listed prisons across the country as one of the top places lacking uh you know protective gear for both staff and the incarcerated residents so we started calling prisons taking masks mask orders um asking about their color restrictions and guidelines and then we got to sewing when our orders started growing to thousands we started partnering with other distributors to secure masks for prisons and as we got more involved with the carceral system, we recognized a deep need for programming and services for those incarcerated during. I had no idea that was the. Um, oh, sorry, you cut out a little bit. I was just saying I had no idea that's what the origin story was. Yeah, it, it was an interesting. Still hear me? Oh, Marissa, you're cutting out just a little bit. Okay, let me let me try switching over. There you go. You sound good now. Oh, good now. Okay. Yeah. Well, basically, I was just saying we gather the experts in their field on our staff from yoga teachers, meditation teachers, professional writers and edu educators, social workers, and we designed a program that could offer access to inner peace and transformation regardless of external circumstances. And that is how the prison monastery workbook was first born. So you said you started at the Central California Women's Facility in November of 2020. Where is that in the state? So that is in Chowchilla, actually, um, kind of nestled right between. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Nestled between um, Fresno and like Modesto, Madera area. So really right in Central Valley in Chowchilla. And um we reached out to them about our program. They were an enthusiastic yes, and we adapted it to be correspondence-based using a workbook and a series of DVD guidance and lessons, and that is how we got our start. And so how did you end up in Mendocino County, and how many other um, uh, prisons are you working with? Yeah, so Mendocino County, we started looking locally. So Central California Women's Facility was our first facility to receive the Art of Soul Making, which is our flagship program for the Unconditional Freedom Project. And it's basically the experience of a monastery in a workbook with guidance for yoga, sitting meditation, reflective writing, a series of lessons on various topics like uh, all humans have basic dignity and are innately good. Uh, working with pain, how to transmute your pain into purpose. So our workbook covers a lot of that and then integration questions for people to go through and really create their own monastery within themselves and within their environment. Um, once we got this program rolling, we looked locally and we're like, oh, there's a jail right here. We reached out to the jail about um, our programming. We were also starting to build the garden program we wanted to do. Mendocino County Jail already had a garden that they were looking for people to come help continue to uh, grow and take over. And so once we, you know, offered our programs, they were an immediate uh, partner. They loved the idea of 
uh, prison being returned to its original intent of a place where you can do penitence, self-reflection, growth, while being, you know, taking some time away from society and your everyday life. That's its original intent. And so the idea that a program or a group of programs wanted to restore it to that, they were very much on board. Well, and we're going to talk quite a bit about the garden. That's definitely where Joshua's going to hop on. Uh, but before we get to the garden, can you talk about, I know that's just one part of the Unconditional Freedom Project. What other elements are at play in the the jail we have here in Mendocino? I know that there's the workbook and you mentioned um, yoga. Can you just talk about the other elements that incarcerated people are, are benefiting from? Yeah, and then to just also go back to your question that I missed. Um, we're in 121 facilities across the country now with some elements. 121 facilities yeah. in two years? Yeah, with some element of our programming. And and Artist Soul Making is definitely the leading program because it, it's such a simple thing to implement. You know, it works within the current structure. It's at no cost to any of the facilities. And it sets each individual up with a workbook, a yoga mat if the prison allows it. Um, some facilities do, some don't. A uh, blank journal for their writing exercises, and then pre-addressed, pre-stamped envelopes where they can write with a volunteer pen pal on the outside who's also going through their own experience of soul making. So it's just such a no-brainer of something you can offer as a resource to people who are incarcerated. Um, so that's our that's our first program. And and probably our program with the most reach right now how do you um, sign up as a pen pal i immediately want to do it yes <laughs> you can go to our website there's a little form uh it's a really simple process we uh gather your information and then we also walk you through some basic safety protocols in in letter writing and um, making sure you know security and privacy and all of those things are attended to so that all parties can have the best possible experience and then um, after some very brief training videos you're you're ready to write with someone incarcerated and what is that website for people listening it is www.unconditionalfreedom.org that is so cool and so then do the pen pals are they also working through that same workbook or just on their own sort of journey yeah, a mix. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have access to the workbook, the exercises, and then you're you're writing one another about your insights on these different topics, about your experiences. It, the element of connection is, is really such a huge part of the healing process and the growth process. And so that's that's what this provides. Wow. Cool. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally yeah. doing that. Yeah, we would love to have you. (laughs) Well, I definitely want to jump into the garden. This is the Farm and Garden Show. If you've just tuned in, my guests today are Marissa Ward and Joshua Sternberg of the Prison Monastery. That's an initiative of the Unconditional Freedom Project. That's what we're talking about today. Um, And they are operating at, it sounds like 121, I think Marissa said, facilities around the country, including the Mendocino County Jail. And let's talk about the garden. So Joshua, new garden manager, um, I I know that the, the jail has had a garden um, and I don't know much about who started it originally or how it got handed over to the prison monastery. But if you know any of that sort of like history of the garden, 
Can you give it? He's squinting his eyes, like thinking. Yeah, no, I don't really know a whole lot. I know that there. Uh, do you know anything about this, Marissa? I have a few details, but maybe you do because you were here before I was. Um, yeah, I can just say a couple of things. Uh, when we first got to Mendocino County Jail, the garden was our first uh, project there as part of our Earth Prison collaboration project. Um, and really, it was being run by a contractor the jail hired who was looking to retire anyway. And during COVID, it was totally not maintenance, you know, he wasn't really allowed to be there for most of the time. He wasn't allowed to have his his crew working it. So the garden was a hot mess for good reason after 18 months of COVID. Um, and We were uh, all a hot mess after 18 months of COVID. Exactly. I am still a, a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we started training with him and then he retired and we uh, sought high and low for the perfect fit for a very unique position, both, you know, experience and knowledge of agriculture and food production, as well as someone who can work in an environment like a jail and with people who are incarcerated and be really empathetic, compassionate, um, and, and able to do all those things. And that is when we found Joshua. Yeah, Joshua. So just describe for us, if you will, the garden itself. How big is it? Where is it located? Um, is it raised beds? Is it in ground? Like, just take a paint a picture, Joshua. All right. Uh, so the garden uh, is really, uh, it's the central land space um, and the kind of heart of the uh, infrastructure of the jail itself. So it in- includes uh, some uh, landscaping, um, some beautiful pine, uh, a couple apples, some peach trees, uh, a lot of lilies, and some other shrubs, um, some little low-lying manzanitas. And then the defined garden spaces, there's one that is raised that are raised beds uh, that had been cardboard mulched in the pathways Uh, maybe some of the beds were mulched as well Uh, when i got here most of the bed prepping had been done uh, in in the gardens the two garden spaces in this one in particular there's probably about 15 uh, 25 foot by uh, three-ish feet beds so it's substantial little garden you can grow a lot of food in that yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. And um, yeah, a lot of it is amended with uh, Cold Creek compost. Shout out to Martin and Cold Creek. Always uh, shout out Cold Creek. They're such amazing and community so, players. Definitely, definitely. And so, yeah, so that's one section and that's where we're growing our hot crops. And uh, we have a bunch of interesting stuff. We also uh, got a lot of starts donated from NCO, um, from uh, local farms uh, Strong Roots, uh, the Golden Rule Garden, the New Agrarian Collective, um, most of this through NCO. Um, and so there were some starts in there that the previous garden crew had, had put in. And so we, we just got what we could and we plugged in a bunch of stuff. And now, yeah, there's, uh, there's gourds growing, there's loofah, just a couple of the strange things. Uh, but we have, uh, the um we have tons of summer squash cucumbers watermelons tomatoes uh sunflowers beets um if i said watermelons i'll say it again uh and what else do we got over there 
Um, yeah, that's primarily just most of the hot stuff. And then around the corner, um, we have, I think, about six or seven um, you know, beds approximately the same width, about three feet by maybe about 15 feet. And uh, I think that the previous um, gardener who was coming at a, on a very limited basis had plugged in a sort of a brassica block. Um, and that's partially shaded by this big, beautiful plum tree. Um, we have a little shade house, uh, a little uh, PVC shade structure there. And we have a little small greenhouse that's not in use right now because it was 102 and 106 yesterday. Right, um, not currently needed. Yeah, <laughs> the, the valley has been hot. And then um, we have uh, a little bit of open land that I'm hoping to put a, a high tunnel on. And we have a chicken coop um, and uh, with 13 layers. Um, so we take care of them as well. Joshua, and then around you're the- describing a farm. This is a whole farm. Yeah, it's a little mini farm. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And um, Sorry, you were going to say yeah, around the corner yeah. from the chickens? I oh, and uh, around the corner uh, is some more landscaping. And then we have a um, Connex container. That's our little shed. Houses our tools and irrigation supplies and, um, and their gear that they change into. And then... Um, just to one side of the tra- uh, the uh, container, and then just down the way a little bit, we have two uh, beehives going. And uh, Sheriff, Matt Ken- beehives. Sheriff Matt Stop Kendall, it. yeah, Sheriff Matt Kendall, um, you know, makes it tries to make it out on most Thursdays and works a class with them. Um, a so, beekeeping uh, they, class. A beekeeping class, yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so we have bees and chickens and and lots of plants to take care of, and of course each other. I mean, you know that I'm also in the beekeeping world. I did not know our sheriff was a beekeeper. I do know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. I I mean, usually in a show, I know a little something, and I cannot emphasize enough how little I knew about what you were going to say before you started talking. I am blown away that it's that big. Um, cool. Can you talk about the logistics of it? I mean, how? what are when are you in the garden and who's working the garden with you and how did the incarcerated individuals get to work in the garden? Is it a choice? Is it assigned? Is it a privilege? Like, I'm very curious about how you're running this, this farm. Yeah. I, I, I know a good amount of this and please, uh, Marissa, uh, if you can fill in any of the gaps, please feel free. Um, but the basic idea from what I understand before I walk up to go get them, uh, is that they um, they have to be sentenced and classified. Um, and I don't know exactly what all those details are, but if they um, if they meet this criteria and they're in in a, a what's the considered the worker dorm, um, they can do a work program and that's either kitchen, laundry, or garden. And um, of course, the kitchen and the laundry are very essential to the function here of the jail. And so uh, those that qualify um, can get on the garden and those people uh, will have varying sentences, various varying sentence time lengths. Um, but most of the, since I've been here, um, I've had all of the same guys on my crew for the last eight weeks. One of them has left. Um, but um, so they, uh, so when I go get them, there's like a whole process that I have to call to the tower and, I retrieve them from their wing and we go and we get some coffee 
and uh, we have a check-in and we uh, reflect on things that have happened recently and we look talk about what we're looking forward to and tell each other how it's going and uh, and then we um, we kind of get to work a lot of it in the beginning is just them getting dressed getting their boots and stuff on and then we hang out with the chickens and make sure that their food water shelter is all all good um, we'll move the bees because we're trying to get them to a different location. So they move those 18 inches each morning, most mornings. So we Tell do all people that why you got to do stuff. it that way, Josh. Um, so I am no expert in bees by any <laughs> means. And, and honestly, when the sheriff takes them, that's like a moment for me to get some rest. So I am not schooled, but from what I understand, and maybe you want to just tell us because you're, I'm going to defer back to you. Okay. You tell me. What, <laughs> oh, you just, okay. So you can't. Yeah, well, beehives bees when they fly out like map their surroundings and if you move them anything greater than 18 inches but less than like half a mile then they will fly back to their old spot and get lost so you either have to move bees super far away or just a tiny bit at a time Mm -hmm. um so you can't just move a beehive five feet because they'll go back to the old place and they'll be lost and they'll die and it's very sad that, that would be sad yeah so yeah so there's you know there's a lot of time each day spent kind of having to move through and intend to the logistics within the jail system and um but when we get out there uh you know we sort of uh, have a game plan and um there's a curriculum that i'm working on developing and it's an, a basic eight week fundamentals of the fundamentals of gardening and agriculture and a lot of that is just really sort of starts task or activity based and then we'll expound off of that activity and tie it into uh bigger lesson plans and then often in the summer heat we're spending time watching documentaries and providing some more context or um you know getting getting some of the bigger ideas and how all this stuff is connected um in that setting along with some classes as well so and then they kind of you know and then they go back to their um their sort of daily dorm life in the afternoon. And yeah, we do that, how many uh, hours? Oh, go ahead, Marissa. I was going to say, I'd like to add, I'm, I'm not there for most of the garden time um, at this point, but I'm pretty sure you guys have harvested like hundreds of pounds of produce and brought it to the kitchen to be used in meals as well. So you do that at least one to two times a week. Yeah. Yes, very good point. Um, that's a very essential <laughs> part of what we're doing here, and I was planning on talking about that. Um, but uh, yeah, we harvest at least two or three times a week, and I have the men um, uh, four days out of the week, and uh, women incarcerated people on one day of the week. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the harvest is yeah a really really special time for us. So, thank you for bringing that up, Marissa. Yeah, the kitchen gets really excited about it. it really, it really is one of the mm-hmm. things that just brings the entire facility immense joy. And then to have that food go back in and feed, you know, everyone who's incarcerated, whether they get to be out in the garden or not, they're they're feeling some of the benefits, even if they don't know it. And that's a really beautiful part of the contribution element of our prison monastery program. Yeah, it's nourishing yeah, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, if I could say some things about that. Uh, please, please. Let's the, talk a yeah, lot about the food. Uh, I was going to kind of save this one for the... Uh, it's it's one of the most rewarding parts of this job, uh, being with them during the harvest time. And I think that it's uh, it's really the core of what, um, what 
what I think the restorative justice program is attempting to do here at Mendocino County Jail, the, the garden is ultimately just like the heart. It's both physically the heart. Everyone has to walk by it as you go through these breezeways to from detectives to sheriffs and captains and sergeants to other incarcerated people and people going to medical. And it's this big thoroughfare and you can see this big bountiful garden and there's been a transformative process as well um, that you know these people have been able to see so far as we've kind of tended to this this place this space in disrepair and i just really think that like people being able to see this transformation and watch this garden crew come in from the harvest and walk into the kitchen and they sort of you know they all all the workers there uh the, the incarcerated people and the, the people that run the kitchen, they all swarm around like like they're the, the queen bee. You know, they just all come in and they're just so happy and it gets enthusiastic and the mood changes and uh, you see this like this beautiful lighting up of faces and pride and pride of the, the people receiving the harvest and the and also from the garden crew. And I heard a wonderful story uh, today actually from from one of the guys in the garden crew that uh, they were making these uh, these kind of zucchini boats. And he said that uh, people in his dorm were trading their desserts for the zucchini. And I just no. loved that. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so yeah, this like this growth mindset, I think, is really at the heart of so much of this. And, and you know, they, they go from kind of deficit language or, you know, kind of cynical speech because they're in jail. Like, we can't forget that. Yeah, you know, jail sucks. Let's there's, not there's, there's that. some some unpleasant aspects of their experience here, but um, you know, it's not just like the garden isn't just sort of like here you go for no good reason. It's like you have to work for it, you have to earn it, and people acknowledge that transformation when they see the the bare land or the weedy land get transformed and brought back to life, and the the uh, the plants are just huge and productive uh, and the people are caring for life you know they're caring for for each other in the garden too everybody's got a really sort of team-based approach and uh and so yeah uh, it's just um it, that's what's rewarding about my job is watching them have all this pride and the transformation and just seeing it kind of uh network out you know in this kind of you know hyphy mycorrhizal kind of way and you just see other people get affected um, you know, they're out, they're walking by the garden, you know, and you hear the murmurings, man, it's looking so good out there and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, we're all feeling a sense of pride and joy together. And we feel like we're growing together. And that's, I think at the heart and the core of um, what's restorative about the garden aspect here. That's really beautiful. And the kitchen staff, I mean, I imagine most of the cooking is done by incarcerated people too. I'm sure there are paid staff, but my guess is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, um, that most of the cooking is happening by, you know, incarcerated folks there. And so what an opportunity for them to have access to fresh ingredients that were grown by, you know, their cohort. They're all together all day, every day um, in, the, in the jail. And so it's like, oh, my buddy grew the zucchini and now I get to, to make a boat out of it. Like, that's just, I don't, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the, the kitchen feels it, and I can feel you feel their enthusiasm and the relationship between the garden guys and the and those on work detail in the kitchen, and then to hear that people are talking about it, and now that people want to get on the garden crew, you can just see that it's reaching into the dorms and it's you know it's reaching out and affecting people that are um, 
you know, don't get a chance to even get in the kitchen too. Yeah, they're they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and as someone, I mean, the great irony of being the host of the Farm and Garden Show is that I'm a terrible gardener, um, but I loved, (laughs) I know, I love to cook. um, And it does make Uh, such a big difference. I go to the Ukiah Farmer's Market every Saturday, and I'll tell you, my Saturday, Sunday, Monday meals are a lot more inspired than my Thursday, Friday meals, (laughs) when I maybe have a couple of carrots left, so... I can I can really relate to to those folks in the kitchen getting that bounty delivered to them and just being able to play with it. Yeah. So, can you tell me a little bit about your farming philosophy or the farming philosophy and approaches you're you're taking to this? Like, are you doing biointensive? Are you? Is it a little of everything? Yeah, you know, I somebody who initially didn't have a background in agriculture but then it just became a sponge and wanted to know everything. Um, and then also worked with people of varying degrees of experience when I worked at the school of adaptive ag, um, and, uh, was teaching, you know, kind of basic market gardening there. I realized that it, it, you can get inundated with too many different styles and too many different approaches. And there's a million ways to do things. And I really recognize about, as I've been developing this curriculum for them, that it's, I'm not trying to give them too many buzzwords. I'm trying to really just connect them with the soil primarily first and foremost. And, you know, I might, you know, mention, you know, some of the, uh, some of the people that inspired me or some of the styles, but really uh, I'm just, we're just really digging into your real fundamental aspects of soil science and biology um, and botany and those things. And there's no real, approach except doing the best with what we have and uh, and we're seeing great rewards on that um ultimately i think that the the style and the approach that i'm having is i'm learning from them i've never worked in a carceral environment and you know i can connect and relate to them i've 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 been i've been locked up before so there's a certain level of comfort that i have in in this setting that it's not too surprising or shocking to me and um i'm just trying a big thing i wanted to do was listen to them and see what they could teach me about how to reach them and how to how to connect with them and how to look at how um, most of this most of these people have been through i think all of them have been through the aos the art of soul making and i i just wanted to see how we're going to build this bond and this connection between this monastic um sort of restorative approach to the experience and understand how to sort of gently bring them into a world where they can care for things outside of themselves and, and feel connected to something. And from there, plug in the information, um, how to transplant, how to seed things, you know, how to do all these things on a really basic and fundamental level. And those that have longer, um, sentences you know we can look at teaching more specific agricultural techniques beyond the sort of introductory stuff also as i get kind of more settled and more comfortable and um understand what resources we have to implement uh, different techniques but i do personally uh you know utilize intensive growing techniques um big shout out to the to the jevons and ecology action people around here the the history of alan chadwick out in round valley um of course he was in santa cruz before that and live power um and we you know i, I try to to br- uh, bring in these styles that are mostly just soil centric 
you know, I just try to, you know, in, uh, inspire them that soil is really um, the heart and the soul of, uh, of, of our lives, of, of everything that we eat. And so I think it's, you know, instead of getting too far into like permaculture techniques or anything like that, we're just keeping it real simple out there and trying to keep the soil covered and uh, talk about what the life under the ground uh, looks like and, and how to bring diversity in. I know you started your job pretty well into the growing season, and so you inherited what was available, <laughs> and you took the plant starts that were available. Right. Um, but as you grow with the program, and as you get to know some of the incarcerated folks who maybe do have longer sentences, uh, I imagine you're going to try and have sort of like a collaboration between what they want to grow, and you know, you'll be able to start doing some longer term planning in the gardens. So, yes, definitely. Uh- I want to coordinate with the kitchen um, and see what they're inspired to uh, to want to cook with, and what the uh, the incarcerated people are interested in growing. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I've noticed is uh, you know things that you can eat fresh on the spot, which are always big hits at farmers markets too, right? Like um, your lemon cucumbers, your 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 snap green beans, uh, cherry tomatoes, strawberries. strawberries. Yeah, those all are those all my guys. Favorite things. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to not have to wait, and they want to eat it immediately, um, which is a pleasure, and it's great. It's great to be out there and um, you know cut open a watermelon on a sunny day like we did today on a really sunny day. And um, so, yeah, the, a lot of input, feedback, collaboration. Um, that's uh, that's definitely just been the kind of spirit uh, that I brought in because I just knew that there was a lot of. I wasn't going to be aware of um, and you know just kind of bringing an openness to to what excites them um, and I've noticed that like soil biology and soil food web is just so weird and bizarre and we were able to work with um, with a soil biologist Keisha who works with Elaine Ingham and able to take soil samples and check out what levels of diversity we had in our soil microorganisms from different sections in our garden. Um, and so that was really cool to be able to share that with them. And it's really trippy to look at arthropods and, uh, you know, nematodes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, th- there's an attempt to just inspire wonder and not try to get too, too bogged down in uh, agricultural aspects of efficiency and whatnot. And I just... I can get ahead of myself and want them to get something further down the line than, than, uh, than what they might just get if we just keep sticking with the strangeness of some of this in the soil. And they love, they love the butterflies and the bees, the pollinators, all the insects. And you know, they're, today they're like, man, that wasp is crazy. And I'm like, that's a native bee, guys. <laughs> you know? And uh, there is, there's a sense of, of wonder. And uh, to me, to watch them have that kind of experience in this setting is, uh, is pretty special. So, um, so we're moving, you know, one, one foot in front of the other and growing together. Well, I love the words that you use, simple pleasures and wonder. And it, you don't typically think of a jail setting as having a lot of opportunities for pleasure and wonder. So uh, what, what a blessing. Um, let me take mm-hmm. a second to reintroduce you. This is the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. My guests today are Marissa Ward and Joshua Sternberg of the Prison Monastery, which is an initiative of the Unconditional Freedom Project. You can find them online at, oh no, I wrote the website down and now I can't find it. Marissa, hit us with the website. 
<laughs> it's www.unconditionalfreedom.org. Very cool. Um, so we have t- not even 20 minutes left. Um, I do like to open the lines up for questions, though, just because, you know, maybe someone out there has better questions than I do. So if you have a burning question about this program, you can give us a call, 707-895-2448. Also, if anyone had any feedback on the Mendocino County Fair Sheepdog Elimination Trials this weekend, I'd love for you to weigh in and and give us more details about that. Um, I want to... While we're waiting... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I have sorry. lots of questions. You go, though. Hit me. Oh, good. I was going to say, while we're waiting for a caller, I just wanted to um, play off of some of the things that Joshua said. And what is so inspiring to me about the prison monastery model that we've created, it really is how all of our programs work together and create this feeling of like a very... Um, interdependent interconnected web which is really our vision for humanity and the collective as a whole you know um things that are mutually beneficial things that feed and nourish one another and help grow one another and so um our prison monastery philosophy is broken down into four stages there's healing connection liberation and contribution and so healing is a lot of the work we do with the garden the earth you know restore the soil in the process restore your own mind and body along with it um healing a connection is working with food and um you know food has such a huge impact it's medicine and so the connection that comes from being connected to what you're eating the fact that you grew it you know where it comes from and the connection that can come from something like cooking and sharing in that liberation liberating the mind which is where artists soul making that program comes in offering tools and resources to really return home to yourself and your essence and then contribution is the natural byproduct of this cycle all humans want to contribute all humans want to offer their gifts to society and so if you have these other things in place it creates a system for human flourishing and we see everything as an ecology. That is what is needed. So that's that's really the philosophy running running underneath our prison monastery project. Uh, thank you so much for for that breakdown. Um, wow, I'm really moved by this program. And Eddie is letting us know we have a call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Who me? <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yes, I I wanted to know what your I, your thoughts and feelings are. I've been in jail. My mother's been in jail. My brother's been in jail. Our uh, jail is called a maximum security correctional facility with razor wire all over the place. That is daunting. It, it, It makes you feel like a caged animal, actually. I don't see why we need that. I don't think it's good for the, you know, your mental health to have all these razor wires and things. I thought it might be a nicer place and freer, as well as less expensive to maintain, um, and make everybody feel better, even about being incarcerated. So I just wondered what you thought. Thank you so much for the call. Um. I, I only heard a chunk of the question, unfortunately, due to my connection, but he was suggesting 
turning a jail into something else. I might have missed the key part of that. Removing some of the more extreme, you know, barbed wire and just mm. how how the effect of jail really is to make you feel like a caged animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, thank you again for the call and the question. I have some thoughts and then Joshua, anything you want to share? Also, as someone who's been system impacted, please hop right in. Um, I think it is no secret that the system itself is ineffective and not working and not doing much good for any of the people involved in it. That includes people who are incarcerated, custody staff that is there 12 hours a day. Um, everyone is adversely impacted by the current setup. And so there, there's no doubt about that. There's no question of that. One of our visions is to totally redesign the, you know, carceral system. Our, our mission's tagline is transforming prisons into monasteries. Um, and it's more than just beautiful language. It really is this vision of can somewhere like a prisoner or jail be unrecognizable and actually be redesigned to promote hu- human flourishing and growth, a place where you can go to learn new skills like agriculture, leave with a certificate and reintegrate into the society um, with, you know, a new passion and a new purpose. Um, and yes, the environment is a big part of that. The The garden program is so huge because it is the only place on the property that is not cold and metal. And, you know, there there is razor wire around it. There's no doubt about that. But what I've heard from various people on our garden crew that, wire and that fence disappears while they're out there it it melts away and they actually feel a sense of um physical freedom just having their hands in the soil and being in the sunshine and i would love for that to be something that everyone at the facility has access to uh and and this is where we're starting from you know we're starting where we are and our vision is to have things totally reformed and redesigned so that prisons are unrecognizable and a place where true human flourishing can happen. You have thoughts, Joshua? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I I don't know exactly what's going to happen, and I you know I try to try to keep that sense of adventure with uh, with the garden crew. And the one thing I've seen is that the deficit language, the kind of cynicism, that stuff changes, and you don't you're not going to transform sick soil maybe in a year, maybe even two, uh, it takes a long time. And so I, I see the, the garden as a space where little by little, um, there's this transformation beginning. Um, there's obviously uh, a lot of problems in jails uh, around the world and a, and a whole lot of situations, but um, giving people some, giving these people in the carceral setting an opportunity um, was something I never had. And um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, I just see it similar to the food system, you know, like you just, you know, you keep using pesticides and you keep, uh, you keep monocropping and you keep people in these undiverse, these non-diverse situations. Um, it, it hasn't, it has an impact on their life as they try to reenter and move forward. So it's my hope um, to do the little things here to maybe start adding some diversity to that experience. So, um, so we can see some growth. And people can see and feel and talk about those results. And I see it happening um, 
here and I don't know where that's going to lead or how much impact or change that will happen. But we, we just show up each day and we tend to the garden and, um, and we hope that, uh, that it'll flourish. We have another call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hello. Thank you for the show. It was very informative. I'm excited to hear that this, uh, this is happening here. Um, but I, ha- I had, I just, I stepped out of the vehicle and missed somehow the sheepdog trials came up and then someone asked about information for the sheepdog trials. So I have some, I'm not sure how well, that, how I was the, specifically on asking that is. about the elimination trial this Saturday at nine at the Boonville fairgrounds. Yes. They just are wanted to make sure that that's open to the public. It is. Yeah. It's kind of an odd thing because the group that puts it on the Red Empire Sheepdog Association, they never promote it as a spectator event, but it's completely open and free. Anyone can come and watch for any amount of time. All the handlers are there hanging out with their dogs. You can talk to people as they're waiting for their turn to go. It's kind of a club event, but it's totally open to the public. Awesome. Thank you so much for letting us know. You're welcome. I'll be there. Cool. So you heard it here, folks. Uh, If you are in the Boonville area, Saturday at 9 a.m., you can go watch Sheepdog Elimination Trials at the fairgrounds for absolutely free. Um, We are getting close to the end of the show, and I have two questions I really want to make sure we cover. Um, The first one is, is there any follow-up or engagement with um, inmates once they are released from the system that have participated in, in the program? Yeah, that is a great question. So we have, we always offer to stay connected when someone is released um, from the jail. Not everyone takes us up on that offer. However, um, you know, anyone who does reach out, I, for example, got to see someone who was in our artist soul making class with me. Um, He graduated and then was released and I actually saw him at Building Bridges in Ukiah, where we also serve a weekly meal with a different part branch of our nonprofit. And so um, him and I were talking and and he was telling me how he's using some of the different things he learned in class in our program in his everyday life now. And so um, just opportunities to connect with people once they're released is a wonderful thing we encourage. And then we also have some opportunities for them to plug back into our mission, you know, if they want to become letter writers now that they're on the outs and write with someone incarcerated somewhere else in the country that's an amazing thing um if they want to come and help serve a meal at building bridges with our free food uh initiative for the homeless and unhoused that is amazing uh we have a young man who was recently released and actually wants to bring some ecological restoration techniques to his hometown in Kobolo. and so we told him we would be happy to connect with him around that and the best ways to do that. And um, he has the support of one of our major advisors, John Liu, who's an ecologist, a, a world-renowned ecologist at that. So um, we look for ways to stay connected and keep them plugged into this mission and vision. And anytime they take us up on that, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, and then soon we're going to have program um, certificates as well that they can actually leave with, an agricultural certificate, uh, you know, animal husbandry certificate. These are things we're working towards so that they can truly take everything they've learned and then reintegrate into society and contribute and take their skills and their gifts and pay it forward. Cool. 
Yeah, and something else, if I could add, uh, we're also beginning a collaboration, working on a collaboration with the Mendocino Community College so that uh, they can take ag courses here um, at the jail uh, with me as an instructor. And then when they get out, they can, you know, have completed the basic ag uh, instruction and then go to the college and, you know, plug into the uh, the viticulture scene here or other like small farms or anything else, um, horticulture or uh, agriculture based. Uh, that's really awesome, especially because we know the average American farmer is getting old. So let's, <laughs> let's train some more farmers. Um, are there any local community sponsors or supporters of this project? Or if folks are listening and they're interested in getting involved, is the best way to go to the website? Absolutely. So, um, you know, Joshua already mentioned one of our uh, big partners, Cold Creek Compost, um, as well as the different uh, places that have done donations of seeds and things of that nature. Um, Carolina Coops was a huge uh, sponsor. They're not local. They're they're based in North Carolina, I want to say, and I hope that is not wrong, but they donated our whole chicken coop as well as labor to build it with the garden crew. There's a, a video about it circulating on our Instagram, Unconditional Freedom. Um, and yeah, we've had people donate like beekeeping supplies. They hear about a beekeeping program. And they're like, take these hives, take this smoker, take these bee suits, you know. So anyone who would like to contribute, uh, you can go to our website. You can donate uh, cash if that's your thing. If you want to do donation in kind, you can email friends at unconditionalfreedom.org. That is a place you can email and say, you know, how else can I get involved? Uh, I have, you know, things I would like to donate. Um, you can sign up to become a volunteer pen pal on our website. And uh, last thing I'll mention is we're actually going to be premiering a mini documentary about our nonprofit work and the impact and reach that we've had so far. And so on our website, on the homepage, you can sign up to receive a free uh, screening. And you can also sign up to host a screening, whether it's with your organization or community or just your family. You know, we, we really want to share our work far and wide. And so we're looking for creative ways to do that. Um, so all of that is available on our website, or you can email friends at unconditionalfreedom.org directly with more questions, and I'm happy to follow up. Well, you seem like a small but mighty team who's doing some really impressive work, um, especially for a program that's so new to already have such widespread reach. And I imagine it's your goal to continue expanding um yeah wow i just i really want to thank you both so much for being on the show with me today um, can i say one thing real quick yeah please uh, i think one way because we're all connected here in this community i uh, support your local farmers join a csa go to the farmer's market make farming an important part of people's lives because uh these people are going to get out of here and um we want them to have farms to work on and uh you know uh exciting new career paths possibly so go to your farmer's market yeah or if you are a farmer looking for some help maybe reach out and see if anyone's uh, gonna be released from the the jail anytime soon that maybe has some of these new skills to share uh, with absolutely that would yeah. be incredible we'll be establishing that kind of network in the future for sure cool well i look forward yeah. to to learning more as you grow and just see how these you know roots spread through our community and i'm really grateful for the work you're doing uh my guests today have been marissa ward and joshua sternberg of the prison monastery an initiative of the unconditional freedom project if you can if you're interested you can learn more unconditionalfreedom.org 
This has been the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. Thank you so much for joining us. Just another reminder, if you love sheepdog trials, you can go look at the eliminations for free this Saturday, August 20th, 9 a.m., the fairgrounds in Boonville. I'll be back in two weeks with another show. Take care, y'all. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. Bye. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 